Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker, and today I am talking to Mark Francis. He is the founder and creative director of Heron's Gill, a cosmopolitan tailoring brand based in London. Uh, the brand approaches each collection with an openness to the world. It takes the city's rich heritage in tailoring as a starting point and has luxurious natural fabrics fused with the British craftsmanship to produce clothing and accessories characterized by their hybridity, superlative quality and relaxed elegance. And heronsgill.com is the place you can go. We'll leave the links over at menswearstyle.com. For now, to talk about the brand in his own words is Mark Francis from Heron's Gill. So I would describe Heron's Gill as men's ta- like a men's tailoring brand, but like with tailoring seen through a fashion lens. I think fashion has perhaps like mixed connotations, um, but the aspects I'm referring to are um, critical thinking. So where I think tailoring might um, defer to like very established forms. Um, I think fashion is interesting in rethinking some of these like um, long held tenets. Um, another aspect is like reinvention. So where I think, you know, there's this idea of like a classic um menswear like like format um fashion really like looks to reinvent itself like every year every season um and and another one being like you know a more liberal approach to dressing versus being extremely rules bound so where i think um traditional quote unquote tailoring might be focused on like whether or not an upturned cuff uh, can be worn with you know like pleated trousers for example i think they're like fashion is slightly more personal and slightly more individual mm-hmm. so so that's what i mean by like scrutinizing like this this very established format of tailoring through a more fashion lens and why tailoring i think i've always just been drawn to formality and complexity and i think the tailoring form lends itself to the expression of very high quality material so you know the juxtaposition of like a beautiful button with like interesting fabrics um and the brand itself like because i mean it is a brand that like houses of like products within it. I think the brand itself um, is rooted in a cosmopolitan ethos. Um, and cosmopolitanism is like a, a quality that I've valorized for as long as I remember. Um, and the archetype in my head of like what a cosmopolitan is, is this idea of a man who is like broadly cultured, um, someone that's at ease anywhere in the world, someone that's able to put like someone and like other people at ease. Um, someone that's interested in international affairs, um, because I think the world is fundamentally very interesting and to limit myself to a very like narrow geography would just be, I don't know, like slightly limiting. Yeah, um, yeah so we started with a stand collar suit um, to establish a beachhead in menswear because I think um, the majority of men- menswear is quite competitive and there are lots of new brands. So we really wanted to dominate something that we saw that was uh, was more of a blue ocean. So like high quality sand colors um, and then expand from there. Okay. And just take me back a little. So what is your background coming into the brand? Uh, my background, I have a, so I was born in Malaysia Um bit of of like Chinese and Sri Lankan extraction. Um, so again, this idea of hybridity and cosmopolitanism comes into play. Um, I went to school in the US um, in a private liberal arts college. Um, and then I was also educated in France, I did an MBA in France. Um, 
but professionally I like had you know a very corporate background mm -hmm. <laughs> so I worked in investment banking corporate strategy and then I um worked at Farfetch if you know it it's a luxury fashion retailer yep sure yeah and also along the way worked in like software development well, web development um and and was briefly like CEO of a venture-backed fashion startup so I think like the idea here like it sounds like slightly scattered but I think the idea was always that I was going to be like I was always going to have my own brand so I was like trying to acquire like pre-MBA uh, a very broad-based skill set like um, and and then the idea being that after like the MBA, I would acquire functional knowledge within the industry of my choosing, which is um, fashion and apparel. Interesting. And I, I often ask um, the founders of people that come on the show, like what are their main influences behind the designs of their garments or, or their products? And I think you've perhaps touched upon it there, being, you know, a cosmopolitan person and kind of, I guess cherry picking different things that you may have seen along the way yeah. with different influences. Perhaps we can just drill down on that. Is there something in your personal mm. style or maybe from the iconography yeah. of your youth that you hang on to and that's that's being yeah. implemented in these designs? Sure. So I think aesthetically, um I would describe my aesthetic as shabby intellectualism meets like weathered like majesty. Um I don't draw from like overt references, but I think my sensibility is definitely like shaped by like like a few like a lot a very diverse range of experiences but three major theme like like influences would be first of all obviously growing up in Malaysia now the, the you know the history of Malaysia is relatively recent I would struggle to suggest that we have like um like okay so I so I think what I take from my Malaysian upbringing is really like an appreciation of like natural fabrics because of the, the weather like you know being as hot as it is and as humid as it is like um polyester just does not feel comfortable to wear and I speak from personal experience right. um also uh, an appreciation of like really vibrant colors um partly it's again nature like you know tropical flowers but also like as I mentioned like you know Chinese Indian like these just very colorful like cultures that 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 like exist in Malaysia um I think you know things like side splits I've always been a fan of um um which is I suppose a design feature that it might be seen on a tang jacket for example um gold like hardware again like auspicious in Chinese culture um so that's the Malaysian aspect I think another one would be my American liberal arts like education and especially like the culture around like elite American colleges like um, with that, I think I've inherited a love of like slouchiness and bagginess and 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 ease, like um, befit like in the tradition or in the legacy of like American sportswear. Right. Um, and then I'm also very like interested in the 1980s in general. Um, there was like an individualism, like a hopefulness and a confidence that like pervaded um, during that era. Um, and 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 specifically, I also I think my a lot of the references I make to the 1980s like are rooted in British music specifically like yacht rock like prefab sprout blue nile um and also British subculture from that like era so like classic goth aka like slash post-punk 
and mm -hmm. maybe even the new romantic so so it's a real like mishmash of different influences but i think there's an element of dandyism an element of like like a countercultural spirit but also like opulence and a love of opulence um and that's how it's sort of like fashioned this brand yeah yeah i touching upon what you mentioned about the weather in malaysia i guess that's where you lean into the seersucker and the linen which yes, is apparent exactly. in your collection and i guess yes. also in america as well where yeah um, yeah certain parts will be hotter than most does that mm -hmm. lend itself to say the british climate where it's pretty cold as balls maybe nine months of the yeah. year <laughs> yeah um i think the thing is british weather is never extreme right so it's never extremely hot and it's never extremely cold so i feel like linen is actually very appropriate for more months of the year because i think even in malaysia like like a linen suit is a bit of a tough like thing to wear like in 30 like six degree humidity um where else like an english summer like you know it doesn't get any better than linen um mm -hmm. like layered linens um and even all the way from like i don't know like late spring to like late or like early spring to late fall in in the uk i think um yeah linen's great so yeah yeah well i mean i've i've got a bunch of different linen jackets i just find that yeah even though it's it's not always conducive to the british climate if you are yeah. someone that's traveling a fair bit to europe which is like only a two-hour plane ride and you could be yeah. in tuscany right i mean you still look yeah. good and those sort of jackets and those fabrics Correct. will lend itself way more to those those kind of climates and it's it's not a million miles away um yeah i'm interested mark about how if you're not um i, I don't think you're technically like educated in fashion for example yeah. going to fashion colleges how do you get the ideas out of your head especially with the designs uh have you yeah. picked up drawing skills along the way how do you execute yeah. the ideas from your head onto onto paper effectively yeah i mean i've always like drawn um and also i think garment making like i think a lot of like the fashion designers like i have admired through history haven't gone to fashion school i think the idea of a fashion school is a relatively recent phenomenon I think um, I do like I how did I pick up the skills to design clothes like I you know I I like I think I've always had an interest in it so I've always so I started with what I would do with any new subject which is to take my existing clothes apart to figure out how patterns worked mm -hmm. um, and then just also like finding a mentor and in my case it's in the form of Nikki who is my like main pattern cutter so as a team, like, you know, we deconstruct garments and reconstruct them. Um, and it's really like trial and error, like, or like I, I've spent the past three years, like primarily focused on product development, um, which means that I think I have achieved a certain level of expertise. Um, uh, yeah, in, in, in garment engineering. Um, what was the question again <laughs> no no that's that's kind of nailed on that was just, yeah. i mean basically trying to uh, trying to understand how you get the ideas from your yeah okay on, so, 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 sorry and then, yeah and then to kind of flesh it yeah. out into a yeah visual, sure a product. Yeah. yeah so so i think yeah i mean i do draw like um i do sketch but i think with menswear especially i think there is i think menswear operates with more subtlety right so it's really like um in terms of so what one we talked about linen before a linen jacket 
Um, I like wanted, I think linen, like linen's one of my favorite fabrics because it has natural structure, but also drape and it's soft. Um, and so I think like linen with a lining is like slightly ruined. So I mm. wanted an unlined linen jacket, but I didn't want, but like when you unline a jacket, you tend to have like facings that just sort of flap on the inside, right? Which you can bind with like, um, like bias tape, for example, to neaten it up. But I wanted something that was just like unflappable mm. um, and, and just very clean on the inside. So no flapping seams. So, so the Pegu jacket, which is made in linen, for example, is uh, like the the outcome of this like this 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 design problem. Um, and so, what I did was extend the facings into the side seams and like use um, lapped seams like like on, on all over the like garment. So so everything's basically like sewn flat down. Um, and and that's like sort of the the you know the genre of like what it means to design menswear. I think you can go big like i think the biggest thing you could do um is perhaps like, especially when you talk about the tailoring form is perhaps like change the color because i think that really like radically reconstructs um the garment but for for the other aspects i think you know like it's it, it's just tr like trying to understand what you want and trying to figure out a solution and i think you know the internet is like a very like helpful resource in understanding what sort of possibilities there are in terms of seams or like finishes another thing is like um just testing right there's there's no better way to learn fashion than, than to test like certain fusings or canvassings with the fabric i think you can't design your way into that yeah and and did it was it something that you picked up relatively quickly like taking your clothes apart and then putting them together and kind of reconstructing everything did do you feel like you had a a natural a natural talent at that uh i i mean it took me three years so i think it's only i started i mean i start okay i started with like getting my usual tailor to try and make me a mandarin suit um i don't know in like 2017 so however many years ago six years ago mm. um and that i was just not happy with the outcome because i think when you get when you have someone who's like trained in a certain like tradition mm. um getting them to depart from that just like yeah. and also it just and that's when i knew that there was something more to like just the color that i was trying to articulate right so it's like drape and 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 construction and like like taking out the guts of 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 a typical tailored jacket and like reconstituting that in like like softer softer I don't know like interfacings for example or just removing the interfacing and like relying on a seam um uh but yeah it's like I think I properly started like you know sampling um like consistently since like at the start of 2020 mm -hmm. um and it's really like I mean I can't tell you how many rounds of samples we've gone through like um, but it's only like really this year, like especially to like recently that I feel like I've hit my stride and I've nailed it. Like where once it would have taken like four samples to get like a product to market these days, it's like, you know, one, two at most. That's interesting. Yeah, I want to get onto the the stand up collar tailoring in, the, in a second, but I can just sure. imagine in, in the film of your life, Mark, 
there'll, there'll be a moment where you'll be your uh, your better half will come home and, yes. and find all of his suits kind of ripped apart on the floor and you trying to, <laughs> like, trying to get it all together before he gets exactly. home like, and then when it's all done together it's like oh yes. you, you like narrow jackets right all of your jackets are now conveniently stand up exactly. colors <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> no i mean the thing is like the only I, the only point i want to make about that is that like I think I have, I mean, it's the only thing I've looked at. For, well, it's not the only thing, but it's the primary thing I've looked at for the past three years. Um, and I think I've reached a point where I'm like, I've taken this as far as I want to take it for now. Mm. And so next year, like a sneak preview, I'm the one thing that's interesting in, uh, interesting to me at the moment is like the idea of like a low gorge lapel. So that is something that I, I think I, I, I have a, like double breasted overcoat on the website that has a relatively lowish gorge but i'm really trying to like drop that even further so that's right. what's to come next year interesting well i mean i i associate the low gorge lapel with a lot of 80s styling and yes. early 80s deconstructed suits exactly. i mean you touched upon your yes. 80s heritage <laughs> earlier on Correct. so so do you and i say this to people all the time i feel like they're yeah. like tailoring is quite cyclical so you'll have yeah like you'll have a, a very kind of touch to fit suit quite exactly. baggy but uh, you know very comfortable fitting suits like yeah. I guess early 2000s and then yeah. gradually it kind of comes in and comes in gets very tight yeah. imagine I, I guess Daniel Craig Spectre yeah. 2015 exactly. <laughs> and exactly. you think well it, it can't get any more tighter yeah. than that so yeah. it has to go back the other way the, the mm -hmm. waistband has to come higher the, mm -hmm. the lapels have to go wider so yeah. are we now do you think kind of coming to the end of uh, well not the end but maybe a rebirth of the the low gorge lapel do you think like that these are, are just around the corner or is it something that you're just very interested in trying i honestly i have no idea like i think like i would like it i it, like i just i don't have the ability to predict trends um and i'm also just not interested in going down that route i think um but i do like it's just something i'm interested in trying i think i think maybe you're right like i mean as you said like fashion life everything is cyclical right so we have like pretty much peaked on like skinny and i think like the overly high gorge to me just looks a bit awkward like a like a push-up bra so i think i just want to like start and, and i think like a low gorge like ties with like a looser like silhouette um for like uh, yeah so so i i think like if the industry is headed towards the looser silhouette which i think i've see, been seeing a lot of but i don't mm. know if it's reached its peak yet i think we're still on on, on the like we haven't reached the crest but like we are on the cusp of a trend i suppose mm. um but at the same time like the feedback i get is that people are still like like certain segments of my customer are still quite tied or tethered to um a slimmer leg right so so mm. so so i don't know like maybe maybe yeah like maybe it's a two-year three-year thing like before we start seeing um this manifest and tailoring maybe it's sooner yeah it's it so it's interesting you can't well you have to have enough distance from it so it doesn't yeah. look dated but then it can't no. be too on the nose with it that it looks anachronistic right like yes. you're trying to do something you know entirely yes. derivative so yeah yes. I'll, I'll be interested in seeing what you come up with yeah uh i guess well that leads us on what are you what are you up to for the for the new year the, the 2024 have we got any plans to do any bricks and mortar any pop-ups showcases yeah so um 
like I I mean the long-term plan would definitely be to have bricks and mortar but I think um for the moment uh this is only our like first full year of trading so I think we are just taking things slow I think next year it's probably going to be more of the same um but like with you know like just building building out the range a lot more as I said like I think um, we have dominated this niche of stand collar luxury tailoring. And I think it's time to e extend that, like using, you know, certain blocks that we are fairly comfortable with um, and developing like, like, you know, a range of different collars um, that might pair nicely with these blocks. Um, and then you're right. Like, I think in general, I think we've also reached peak digital fatigue. And I think there is an interest in like reconnecting physically. Um, so while we may not be in a position to like go to go like go down the bricks and mortar like permanent bricks and mortar route, I think um, trunk shows are definitely on the cards. Like we had a, our first one like a couple of weeks ago, and that was quite an interesting and like yeah like a, a very like compelling um, experience. So I think that's definitely something we're going to pursue next year. Um, also, just like as I said earlier. Uh, like if not we we have not done enough like engagement with like like the the industry or like externally um and, and that's all like quite fundamental to brand building so i think our initial customer was really like somebody that was looking for something very specific like beige linen Nehru suit um and so mm. and that's great like and i'm very grateful for this like early adopter customer um, but I think, you know, in terms of expansion, there's definitely a lot more that can be done in terms of like getting the word out, speaking to people, honing my like, you know, um, my, 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 my spiel. Um, and I think I'll be going to Pitti in January. Um, so yes. if anybody's there, like very happy to connect. Um, but yeah, that's it. I think it's very hard to like look too far into the future, but that's what I have planned so far. Fantastic. Well, Mark, it's been wonderful talking to you and getting to know yes. you and getting to know the brand. I recommend everybody check the brand out at heronsgill.com. Yes. Gill is G-H-Y-L-L, I believe. Exactly. And exactly. we'll we'll put all the links on the show notes as well. So you can just scroll down in the in the in the notes here and on the website, menswearstyle.co.uk. We'll put them up there. And hang out on the instagram i'm going to give you a follow now because i've just found you it's herons.gill yes, yes exactly Hit, hitting the follow button the imagery is strong looks exotic wow looks like so yeah do you do you do all this yourself in terms of everything. the imagery yeah yeah fantastic yeah brilliant well listen a, a really interesting place to hang out as well it's not just clothes it's architecture it's it's furniture Yes. it's poetry There's exactly a, from uh christian morganston the bio where well, home is yes. not where you live but where they understand you exactly uh, german poets seem okay yeah. that's a good note to go out on i think mark thanks so much for your time and best of luck mate and thanks very much thank Brilliant. you okay bye You've been listening to the Menswear Style podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you'd like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time.